You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Hi, this is Chrissy from the Final Fantasy XIV podcast, Wondrous Tales. Come hang out with us every other Monday for a casual discussion of what's going on in the community and some tips to improve your in-game quality of life. Hello and welcome to another episode of Watchpoint Radio, Mash's Buttons podcast dedicated to Overwatch and its community. I'm Jared, also known as Ja, and I'm here with Josh Kender, also known as Kender. Hey, it's your boy, Skinny Penis. Yes, and also here with Ben Guyton, also known as The Dude Abides. It's your boy, Short and Thick. <laughs> there you go. We are recording on December 4th for release on December 5th. We are not streaming tonight. We're probably bringing, well, we are going to bring the stream back next week as long as everything goes well this week. So you could catch us streaming again on Tuesday, December 11th, but that's a week from now. What we're going to talk about tonight? I've <laughs> got a couple things to talk about tonight. Got a little bit of community feedback to have a community question as well regarding, um, you know, it, it, what, something that's said a lot is that if you're good, you'll climb. And if not, then you won't. And uh, we got a question regarding that, so we're going to talk about that a little bit. But uh, Kender has spent a little bit more of a uh, you know of a time in gold that he didn't want to. Feels so bad, he's going to talk about what you say. Feels bad, man. <laughs> yeah, he's going to talk about his experience in gold and give some tips on maybe how to get out of gold. So, uh, but before we get into all that, I'd like to welcome anyone who is listening for the very first time. Thank you very much for checking out the. Uh, the Watchpoint Radio. Oof, don't know what's going on tonight. But thank you very much for checking out Watchpoint Radio. Uh, we do talk about Overwatch news and competitive and esports, but our primary focus of the show is the community and the state of the game. So even when we do talk about those topics, it focuses on the community and the state of the game. Uh, if you enjoy the show, you can keep up with us on Twitter at twitter.com slash watchpointradio. And uh, we'd love to have you join our Discord, which is discord.me slash mash those buttons. Uh, you know, a lot of people joining every day now, and it's it's good to have you guys there. Also, I'd like to thank any returning listeners, you know, whether this is your, you know, first re-listen or 135th re-listen. Thank you guys very much for, you know, coming back again to the show. This is why we do it every week. No new subscribers this week. Uh, no new patrons this week. But we do have a bit of community feedback from Mr. Green Skittles. He reached out on Discord. Says, Hey, Ja, love the last podcast. I love the last episode. And I wanted to throw a little something in case you wanted to discuss it during the show. My idea to solve some of the problems competitive play currently has is to work out some sort of affinity system. Uh, after each game, you would have to rate your enemies and put them into three different categories. One, I'd rather not play with this guy even again. Two, I didn't mind being matched with this person. And three, I really enjoyed playing with this guy. Then matchmaking would try to set up 
with set us up with teammates that we put in category three when possible, maybe in category two, or maybe we just didn't have the opportunity to play with yet and try to avoid category one at all cost. These are some really cool things I think that would that this feature would allow. It would allow you to carve your own Overwatch desired experience. Do you want to play in a really hardcore way or mainly have fun? It would allow you to have a better team comps in an indirect way. It would help against toxicity since now there could be a real punishment for being toxic to another person, which would translate into longer queue times if everyone says they wouldn't they wouldn't want to be matched with you. It would allow for a better sense of control over your own competitive games. This really wouldn't this wouldn't really be just like the avoid feature because the idea here would be that if maybe there there's just not that many people online, you could potentially be paired with somebody you said is category one, but then but then when you see that happens, it's up to you whether you want to stay in comp or move to QP until there's more people online. Then after each game, you would have the opportunity to categorize each of your teammates if you had been matched with them before, and that would override the previous ratings. Anyway, I don't want to extend since this could be a long-ass talk, but pretty much the idea is to help Overwatch pair you with people that share the same view of how the game would be played or how you intend to play the game. So anyways, hope you guys like the idea and come up Oh, sorry. I hope you guys like the idea and keep up the great work. Sorry. I don't know what's going on with me tonight. Um, <laughs> Left me hanging there. You, I, was, I was waiting for it. <laughs> cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what, do you, what do you guys want to take a crack at that first? Uh, yeah. So what they are trying to avoid by not putting in a system like this and putting a, an endorsement system instead in uh, is things like stream sniping, uh, things like if you've been on the internet for longer than a couple of years, you've seen what happens uh, when the group gets together, you know, the boys get together like from 4chan or Reddit or whatever. Uh, and if you have systems like that, where you can mass uh, avoid or mass dislike or whatever, somebody, or like, say you got somebody in grandmasters, that's a known streamer, like the, uh, whatever the Torb guy's name is. Sorry. I forget. Um, Fewy. Fewy. Yeah. Yeah. Fewy 500. And they say something that somebody doesn't like on a video or something like that. Well, then every single person that wants to, you know, that plays with this guy, you know, avoids him or, you know, does whatever uh, your system says, like it chooses number one there. Uh, then that just pretty much screws that person over. Or if someone just wants to troll uh, somebody like Siegel just to be a dick, you know, everybody likes Siegel, but if you just want to troll them and you're a GM and you happen to get matched with them every time, just give them a one. Um, things like that do happen. And it's a lot easier to avoid that by putting in a positive rating system rather than a positive slash negative system. And I think that's what they anticipated with the endorsement system. Granted, the endorsement system could definitely be better uh, and it should do more, I think. Um, but uh, you have to be very careful when you add in a negative system with immediate consequences like that. They should, should however, uh, add in more avoid slots. I would say at least five. Yeah, to, to piggyback on what you're saying, if you've ever seen a Twitch chat, they all think the same exact thing, even if they don't agree with it. Um, and like you said, in the example of Fui, Fui, whatever it is, uh, he would never have anyone to play with ever again. And, you know, while we have our own thoughts and opinions on one tricks, doesn't mean they shouldn't be allowed to play the game ever. 
Um, and unfortunately, you know, that's one of the downfalls of the internet is that kind of mob mentality that can take over. So I completely agree with you. Um, the endorsement could use work and I'd love for there to be more void slots because what it is now is not enough. Right. Yeah. All right. So, um, I'm not sure how long you've been playing Overwatch, but when the game first came out, it had a system where you could rate your match, and they took that system out of the game. And the reason they took the system out of the game is because people only used it to complain. They never, let's just say never, but I'm sure very few people... Uh, would rate that rate a match high, like oh, this ma- was a positive match. This was, this was a good match. This was a positive experience. What they said they saw was that people like just only negative matches would come through, right? Because if the match went fine, most people are like yeah, whatever, I don't need to rate it. But if somebody did something to piss you off in the match, or they won tricks, and I wouldn't switch off. Of course, they're gonna try to report that person and rate their match negative. Uh, so the reason I'm bringing that up is because I think this will kind of work out in the same way. It will be, and it, that's not Blizzard's fault, and it's not the fallacy of the idea itself, right? That's just how the community usually will typically use stuff like this, right? Uh, if they have a match that they played, um, I don't think people would really take the time to rate, or very few people would take the time to rate each player on the team, right? Right. Because they probably, they probably just want to get to the next match. They're going to do something else in between. Uh, but if they had a negative experience with a player, they would just keep rating that player. Like, what was that? Number three? Number oh, no, one that's really, I three. really enjoy playing guys. Number one. Sorry. They could be, they'd always rate the, the one tricks and stuff like that. Number one or the negative players. Number one. And that's it. Right. Now, I personally don't mind, uh, you know, rating somebody into the ground, to be honest with you. <laughs> like, like, you know, if you're not going to play, if you're not going to be flexible, it would it would enforce better behavior, right? But if you have somebody who is just one-tricking all the time, they refuse to get off the character no matter what, then you know what? Like, I don't think, I don't think it's really a problem that that person is going to have a harder time finding a match. I don't. I, I I don't find an issue with that. Like, fine, you spent your forty bucks on Overwatch sixty if you got the Origins edition, and now you just want to hop into these matches, or you know, we're just going to use Fury for example because that's why we started the conversation in the first place. <laughs> uh, you know, for thirteen seasons and not switch off of this character. Well, you know, enjoy your matches with the bots or whoever, <laughs> and especially it's somebody. It, it, actually, the re, another reason they because they used to have a um oh god was it just a call the Void player. What was it called? They had another avoid I think player it was system. Avoid that they took teammate. Out. Yeah, yeah. Avoid as teammate, something along those lines. Yeah, like it was avoid. Yeah, it, was, it was there was another avoid option. It was it was a preferred option, and it was something else. So you can you can click somebody and yeah, prefer, prefer them. this player used to be there. Yeah, you yeah. can yeah, prefer you can this prefer player. People. Like I want I want to play with this person. They took that away at the same time. They took. The dodge ability, like whatever that was. I forget what they actually called it. But the reason they got rid of that is because of su- super high ranking players were getting like they could they, they were taking like five, ten minutes to find a match. Which, to be honest with you, I'm actually OK with that, too. And the reason I'm OK with that is because if you were playing at that high of a level. 
get off the cues, dude. Like, go scrim with the team, <laughs> you know, at, at that point. Like, go scrim with the team. But then they have like, Diamond Decay and things like that, and they kind of have to play. And that's just like a At the time, time they didn't have yeah, – I don't they think they had that Decay that wasn't at the there. time. Yeah. True. You know. That that's the thing. Like, if you're playing at that high of a level, you sh- I think you should be you be you'd have more fun doing scrims and doing uh, pickup games and stuff like that at a high level. Well, like that said, that, that continues to go me. into the current state of what comp is. Is I think all of us are on the same page of that's what you want competitive to be. But then there's other people who don't want competitive to be competitive. They just want to go in there and have fun after work, you know, and there's. There's that constant tug and pull of what the game is set up to do and what people actually want and what it's led to. So, I mean, like, I feel like every conversation that comes up lately returns to the same base argument, which is kind of unfortunate. Right. No, you're right. Yeah. So, like, I don't necessarily, I don't think the idea itself is bad. I just don't think, like, I think in theory it sounds good, but in practice, it wouldn't really uh, work out. The way Blizzard, the way that that I think you're intending it, because like you know, people did use it where they're rating people one for people that they really want to play with, um, or um, you know, three for people they really don't want to play with. In reality, uh, sorry, I had to reverse that again. One for people that they didn't want to play with, three for people that they uh, really enjoy playing with. We just get a bunch of people rating ones, rating ones, rating ones, because everybody complains, nobody commends. Right. Right. I mean, even endorsements, even though I, do, I still do get at least two or three endorsements a game. I will say that. But uh, for the most part, like actually some of them are troll endorsements because I've definitely been on like my full on my um, practice account, not been in team chat, didn't say a single word and got shot callers all. You know, so, yeah, like the, the endorsement system, while it is, um still working to a degree is definitely not as active as it used to be right so but no thanks for writing in mr green skills we do appreciate that thanks for sharing your idea with us um and if you have more ideas definitely send them over so we could talk about them all right but let's just hop into a quick update before we get into kender's guide to gold uh winter wonderland coming december 11th who saw that coming Everybody, <laughs> so, you know, so yeah, Wonder Wonder Land is going to run, I think, December 11th through January 2nd. And uh, guys just don't expect anything big. Blizzard already set the expectations, which is that I believe we're going to get Maze Yeti Hunt and uh, Snowball, Winston's Ye- Snowball Fight. Snowball Fight. Yeah, yeah. we're going to get Snowball Fight and Yeti Hunt. And I think the only you're not going to get a new map, you're going to get a different map, which is um. Blizzard World is uh, being Blizzard World, out. yes. Blizzard World's going to have snow in it now. Now that I think about it, I think there's potentially a chance for a 3v3 map. Like, as a surprise. We haven't seen one in a long time. Here's the hoping, but <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it will, but it, it, it could. You know, they usually, when they do the 3v3 maps, it's usually in one of these events as a surprise. That's true. That, that is. I mean, but with it usually comes with a new game mode too, though. Yeah. Or a changed game mode. Yeah, that's true. You know, so it's a poppy bubble there. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just not saying. I don't it. play three v three. My bubble is intact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. But 
without further ado, I'm going to hand it off to Kinder so he can uh, talk about his woes and gold and how to get out of it. <laughs> go go for it, Kinder. The floor is yours. Thanks for sticking me on the spot there. No problem. So, uh, welcome Anytime. to the salt fields, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what had happened was uh, I got in a, between a rock and a hard place and just felt like a rock the past few weeks uh, in comp and... I'm not going to say it was, there was none of it. That was my fault. You know, I'm, I'm not an, not an idiot, but, uh, there was definitely a lot of, uh, things that happened there to, that shouldn't have happened as far as teams go that kept me dropping and put me down back in gold. And right now what's happening is I'm winning a game, getting back into gold, losing a game, going back to gold again. And a lot of the things that I've seen that are so contrasting between high plat and low diamond to high gold, uh, I've detailed out here in a little document that I have in front of me. So I'm going to read some of this out. The number one reason that I appear to lose gains at this rank wasn't due to my teammates not having mechanical skill, but it was due to them trickling in and not knowing when to disengage a team fight. Um, something that we all kind of take for granted in higher plat uh, and above is that when a team fight's lost, uh, when you're 6v3 or 6v4 and you don't really have any hope of taking this fight unless something big just happens, uh, you disengage from that fight, regroup, and go in as another team fight. What tends to happen in Golden Below is that instead of a series of several team fights, for a point, it becomes one big brawl for two and a half minutes. And it's, you know, you they lose a person, you lose a person. They lose a person, you lose a person. And if you're attacking, that's extremely disadvantageous for you. And it gives the defender advantage. Uh, the defender wants that to happen. That trickle there is huge. Uh, and it appears to be the reason that we've lost more games than anything. Um, and another thing is people tend to just kind of throw ults out as soon as they get them in these kind of fights, you know, um, because it may be a three V three and you feel like, you know, one big ult to win it for us and you'll throw out an ult and nobody will be there to, con to confirm. You won't have any teammates to follow up on your hammer down or your graviton or things like that. And it just goes to waste and wheel keeps turning. Um, those seem to be the biggest issues as far as, winning and losing games in gold, which can be easily reversed. Uh, another thing uh, is usually don't have a whole lot of people in team chat. Um, and that's a much bigger issue when it's not common knowledge to disengage from certain fights. So get in team chat and kind of force your team or, you know, let them know if you know that a fight's lost, disengage. That's huge for golden below where it's not, necessarily known or harder for teammates to tell because it's, that's just game knowledge. Uh, another thing is strange team comps uh, don't have any ult synergy. A lot of time you'll have two off tanks, two off heels, uh, running double sniper into shields, things like that. Uh, that's extremely common. Uh, you know, you don't want to run a Zarya Diva. Uh, usually you don't run a, you know, normally want to run uh, two off tanks or you don't want to run Hanzo Widow into a Reinhardt Marissa shield cop. Uh, it's just just poor decision making. Uh, poking at the choke. Um, 
even if you're trying to farm your own ult, uh, if you get two or three people poking at the choke while you're regrouping A, you're going to get picked off eventually. And you have to wait for that full regroup again. And B, even if they don't kill you, if you're trying to farm ult as Roadhog or something like that, you're just an ult sponge for them. Uh, you don't want them to have ult advantage on defense. That's a terrible thing because if the defending team has ult advantage uh, in any rank, just about, uh, they're going to win that team fight. So you don't want to poke at the choke and give them ult advantage, especially. Um, and one of the other big things that actually your Overwatch covered today, but I totally covered before them uh, when I wrote this, uh, is that a lot of people in gold attempt to run high skill or uh, high level meta heroes without having to the mechanical skill to get better value uh, than they could with other picks. Now, that, that one's really difficult for a lot of people to swallow because, you know, it's the it's the whole get fucking good mentality. But the reality of it is there is a there's such a massive skill ceiling for heroes like Ana, Genji, Widowmaker, things like that. Uh, and there's a much lower one for heroes like Moira and Brigida um, and like Reaper. Uh, soldier, things like that, that you could get so much more value out of for a lot less skill. Um, when you're playing heroes that have such a high skill ceiling at that level, even if you're pretty good for them, even if you're a good gold Widowmaker, that doesn't mean you're a consistent overall Widowmaker. Um, consistency with your hero is huge in gold. And if you don't have that consistency, you might as well not be playing that hero. Um, I can't remember the last time I had a game playing Moira at this ELO where I didn't get at least 15,000 up to 22, 23,000 healing per game uh, with Moira. And having my ult every, at least every other team fight, if not every team fight, I, most of the time it's every team fight, uh, sometimes twice during one. Um, I got a huge amount of value out of Moira playing at this level. And usually even, uh, granted, it's mostly just kind of kill stealing with my Moira balls. And uh, it's super easy to track squishies like Genji and whoever comes into the point like an idiot. Um, I'll have gold limbs with Moira as well. I won't have gold damage, obviously. But, you know, we'll have gold limbs, gold heals, everything else. So if you like gold medals, that's the way to go. Um, let's see. Uh, I was going to go off on a huge spiel about that, but you can find that information elsewhere. It's just things that you can do to improve your game. So the overall takeaways, I want people in gold and below to understand uh, about this whole thing, because from plat going back down into gold there, the, the, the game is just completely different. I forgot what it was like at that ELO. And and Job has played some games recently too um, with me in gold, and it's just like the it's just like people on your team don't understand the things that you kind of inherently just do. You go in and you can think about these things that you need to do all day long, but it's just kind of instinctual knowledge when you're at a higher elo, and everybody just kind of automatically disengages from a bad fight, and you don't have to say anything. When you're in those lower elos, they don't know that. So you have to tell them. So things you need to do is learn to instinctively disengage when you lose two or more teammates in a fight and the enemy has lost none. 
A lot of the time, it's perfectly advisable to disengage after one person is picked off. Say you're push, you're just starting to push in. Uh, your Hanzo gets picked off. Back off. You don't want to go in five v six from the get go. Uh, there's no shame in that. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, learn to keep track of how many enemies versus teammates there are in a battle. Uh, that's all about watching your kill feed. And I'm guilty of this too. I don't always watch my kill feed, but if you die mid fight and you weren't watching it, um, use the kill, uh, use the death cam viewer to get a look at the field and try to figure out how many people are alive on both teams. If the situation is bad or unfavorable, then call for a disengage. And if it's favorable, favorable, you know, if you're four V two or, you know, six V four, something like, or five V four, something like that, uh, then, get on cobs and ask your teammates, you know, is this fight winnable? And with them on the field, if they believe that the fight is truly winnable, then go in. If not, stay back, try to let them disengage. If they can't make it out, that's fine. Tell them you just die or kill themselves. Uh, their character, that is. Tell them KYS, like. If you're extra salty, you know, go the other route too. I'm, I'm not king shaming. Um, Let's see. When you call for a full reset, uh, this is also big too. have the entire team group up at or near spawn, not at the choke point right there near the objective. Uh, because a this keeps your teammates that don't know any better from poking. And it's really hard to resist, resist it sometimes when you've got the Hanzo picking back and forth between the wall to chase him around the corner. Uh, he's baiting you. So don't do that. Uh, if you group up further back, uh, near your point, you can all get grouped up, you can all get situated and go in as a unit. Uh, and you don't risk having uh, someone picked off so badly. Uh, keep your team fights short. If you feel like a team, a team fight is dragged on for more than, I'd say probably 30 seconds even, uh, then I would have a good look at the field and call for a disengage if you're on attack. Um, the reason being, if nobody's really dying in a team fight, or if you're down five B, you know, five B six and one person's got, gotten taken out, uh, you keep feeding their ultimates, ultimate, ultimate charge. And, you know, everybody's kind of discombobulated. You, it's, it's difficult to get organized in such a long team fight. So you have a better chance if you disengage, manage your old situation, find a plan of attack and go in with purpose instead of brawling on a point on when you're on attack. Uh, because when you're in a long team fight on attack, that's a huge disadvantage for you. If you can extend the fight when you're on defense, uh, if they're at or near the point, if you can find a way to extend the fight, by all means do that because you're, you have the advantage. Otherwise get out of there, reevaluate. Uh, and finally, finally, the last thing is, Play heroes for the value that you yourself can get out of them, not the potential value that they can have in the hands of an elite player. If you want to practice a high skill cap character, uh, grind them in quick play or place an alt account using them and climb with them on that account. Um, I wouldn't. Cons I don't think anybody considers it smurfing if you're trying really hard with a character you're just not great with. Even if you're like a, a master's um, mercy player. But you're a freaking bronze Widowmaker player. That's perfectly fine. You're not a Smurf if you're playing Widowmaker on that account. You just suck at Widowmaker and you're great at Mercy. So do that. Uh, but otherwise, if you're trying to climb, use a hero that you know you can be mechanically consistent with and you can get absolute value out of. Uh, 
like I said, I can get way more value out of Moira at that rank, especially with tanks that get really happy and like to run into a fight than I can with an Ana trying to shoot through, trying to shoot uh, my Reinhardt, trying to heal him through a Winston bubble when he goes through it or breaks my line of sight. It happens a lot. Uh, that's another thing too. Line of sight's big and nobody thinks about that ELO and it makes it really difficult to play Hana. I know you've uh, experienced that, Ja. Yeah. 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 Can't see you. That's, that's, a, that's a constant thing I'm saying. <laughs> if you know, can't see me, you can't get healed. <laughs> yeah. At least with Mori, you can send a fucking ball in there or with Mercy, you can fly in and have some kind of escape out and things like that. Ana doesn't have that mobility and Moira and Mercy uh, do. Zenyatta, he's, he's, uh, he's shark bait. <laughs> <laughs> no, Zenyatta at that level, I mean, like, if you can get good with him, like, they just don't know how to handle him. You know, punk-ass oh, yeah. Genji comes around the corner like, oh, it's a Zenyatta, he's, you know... But again, yeah, that's up to mechanical skill. If you're not, mechan- <laughs> exactly. not a mechanically strong uh, Zenyatta, then you are shark bait. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. I'll give you that. All right. So, yeah, I was going to say something about the, um, about the kill feed, right? Um, so, you should pay attention to the kill feed, but you don't necessarily have to see it in full detail. Or pay attention in full detail, right? Because a lot of people say, "Oh, you got to think, you know, you've got to pay attention to the kill feed." That means you should be looking at center, looking at your kill feed, looking at center, looking at your kill feed, and looking at your kill feed every time you see something pop up. What I tend to do is, even if I don't notice the names of the per- people on the kill feed, I look at the color. If I see the blue, that means my teammate killed somebody. If I see the red, that means either their teammate killed my teammate or one of their teammates is getting rezzed. Either way, it's a plus for them. You know, it puts them up. That's typically what I look what I, what I'll look at. I mean, I do look at the kill feed to see who's killing who, you know. Um, but generally speaking, like when I'm in the middle of a fight, if I'm engaging somebody and I'm focusing and I'm focused on that person, I'm still like with my peripheral vision looking at the kill feed and looking at the colors. I said blue and red, but if you if you're using colorblind options, whatever you have set for teams, you know, just try to pay attention to those colors uh, when you're uh, playing, and that should be helpful. So you don't necessarily have to look, like I said, look in detail at the Kelpie, but it is something you should at least notice. Like you shouldn't be so zoned in that you don't notice anything else. That that's another thing. Like you do need to be aware of your surroundings, right? You know? And another thing that you can do uh, for trying to get good at these heroes, I know we say it every single show, uh, but I just went back and listened to the prepared to attack for Reinhardt, and I I came across this YouTuber. I'll try to find his uh, the video, but it was a very well done uh, video with not that many views on Reinhardt, and there was a couple of things that weren't even in the uh, prepared to attack. Uh, but I listened to that and watched that video uh, on Reinhardt just out of curiosity today, and I've got about five or six new things that I want to try to start doing more consistently on just Reinhardt by himself. Uh, so seek that knowledge out. Um, try to actually find stuff that you didn't know uh, that you could do. Try to find tips and tricks and things like that. I know you've probably done it before, but go back and look at it again because I've heard all this shit for Reinhardt, but I went back and reviewed it again today and there were things that I forgot about completely or hadn't heard. You know, there's always new information, especially with hero balance and things like that. 
so if you've been trying and hard stuck in your ELO, especially in gold, um, go back, try to try to consciously take these things into account, play a few games, come back, review those same tips and think, all right, I did this, this, and this, I'm getting this down, but I forgot to do, I forgot to call for the regroup here, you know, or I didn't disengage here, things like that. It's valuable. And for me, I don't want to drone on too much about what you're saying because everything you said is 100% correct. Um, but a lot of things that happen in gold, and I spent most of my time in plat, took a couple seasons off, so I'm in gold right now. Um, a lot of things that happen are sometimes they work. That doesn't mean that that's what you should do all the time. So just for instance, I was on a Koth map the other day. The first, the second map, the whole fight was a trickling team fight. And we lost 100 to 0. Um, because the team never fully disengaged. It was always 3v5. Oh, we can do this. I have an I have an ult. You know, we can clutch this out. And it'll work every now and then, but that doesn't mean it's always going to work. And honestly, if you continue to do that, you're just creating more bad habits for yourself that if you do end up climbing, they're not going to work at the next rank. Um, same with line of sight. Um, one of the best ways to counter a good widow is to not be seen by said widow. Um, you don't need a monkey to dive her. If you can't be seen by her, she can't shoot you in the head. And that's something just on the same topic of Anna not being able to heal you. If they can't see you, they can't do anything to you. Um, and that's that's a really important lesson to learn in lower ranks. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to touch on is simple, effective callouts. Um, even for yourself, but it helps your teammates a lot. Something as simple as hog no hook or Genji no deflect. Or if you're playing Rhine, the other Rhine has Shatter. Um, little callouts that can help your teammates a lot. They go unnoticed in, in the hustle and bustle of a team fight, but you don't realize how impactful they are on the team fight. If you're an aggressive Rhine and you have Shatter, ask Zarya for a bubble. Hey, Zarya, bubble me. I'm going to Shatter. And that little bit of communication will be the difference between you landing that Shatter or getting Brig stunned out of it and losing the team fight. So just those little things, if you just focus on what you're doing to help with your team, you can climb out of gold, I promise you. You just got to work on it. Yeah, and then speaking of call-outs, when, when you do call-outs, don't be afraid to repeat. Like, you have to repeat things, like, uh, more so in the lower ranks, I find. Like, I was putting people to sleep, and I would say, there's a Doomfist back here. Turn around, there's Doomfist back here, and people won't pay attention. So I just got to the point, I think by the end of the night, I was like, Doomfist back here, Doomfist back here, Doomfist back until somebody turned around to do something about it. <laughs> or we had, actually, we had, I think the last, I think we, had like a, like a, we were playing Anubis, and I slept a McCree on the steps, and I'm like, McCree left, McCree left, McCree left, and I just had to say it like six times before somebody turned to the left and the team walked over to kill McCree. You know, so, you know, don't be afraid. And then on top of that, don't be afraid to make leadership calls, right? Like if you, if nobody's calling targets for focus, call the targets for focus. Because sometimes that's all you need is somebody to call targets for focus. You know, I think the higher ranks you go, people kind of know who to target already. Uh, not saying that you don't need to do it in higher ranks, but, you know, you just kind of get used to it in general, right? Uh, you see a tank swinging on somebody, that's who we're targeting. That's who everybody is targeting. And lower ranks, you may need to be a bit more focused or 
you know, Coach Tanker, if you see your Reinhardt doing something that he's not supposed to do, like hitting, you know, S instead of W, like, nah, dude, you got to get in there. You got to move forward, <laughs> you know. So don't be afraid to to make the calls. And yes, you will make some bad calls sometimes, but you will get better at them. And I've said it before, it's not like a broken record, but making calls is how I took my Zen from 2,500 to, to Diamond. Well, at the end of the day, even if your call is wrong, if everyone does that call, it's more likely to be more successful than just staying silent and not saying anything. The wrong calls work sometimes if everyone commits to it. Right. And if If it's wrong, wrong. you learn from it and it's okay. You know, next time I'm not doing that, maybe we'll go the opposite direction, but it's better than just staying silent. Um, The last thing I want to touch on, at least for in this area, I run into a lot of people who... When I make an LFG, I'm pretty insistent on who do you play. And a lot of people will say, oh, I can play anything. No, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> and if you say you can, you probably shouldn't. Specialize right. in a role with a couple of heroes and get good at that role. And that's how you will climb. No one is good at everything. And that's a lot of what Kinder talked about. Being able to be a big enough and humble enough person to know that you suck at something. I would never say I'm good at Genji. I know how to play Genji. I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> it's a bad time if you think I'm going to do that. You know, so right. just limit your hero pool, know what you're capable of, and focus on improving in that aspect. Right. And that was actually my big, like, aha moment with that was trying to play Ana because I didn't normally play Ana and Platt because there's there's always an Ana. Somebody plays Ana and Platt. Um, but I, I played her before, you know, and I figured out, oh, you know, mechanically decent enough. I was not mechanically decent enough. <laughs> 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 I can keep people up and I can pocket people and I can heal pretty well. Uh, but you got a Genji bouncing around on our team. I'm not that good at Ana to keep our Genji up a lot. It, it was Thrill, actually. I tried to play Ana with a lot. And I still play with Thrill uh, a bit because he mains Genji. Uh, I play Ana with him strictly because of the nano boost. Uh, but I always try to let the other healer know, look, you kind of got to help Genji out because I may not be able to hit him. Uh, so that was kind of humbling for me. It was like, all right, I don't need to run Ana all the time. Yeah, she's meta. Yeah, Antinade is huge. But I can get a shit ton of value out of Moira. And my Ana heals per game would be a give or take around 10,000 or so for a full uh, full length game. But like I said, I'm getting 20k plus with Moira consistently. So where's the value at there? Even if Ana is better overall with her kit, I'm getting a lot more value out of Moira because she's less mechanically demanding for me. Antinade's only huge if you're alive and can land it every time. True. <laughs> if you're dead because you can't avoid the dive or whoever's diving you, then that Antinade, the Antinade's useless. Right. Yeah, dead men don't use abilities. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're right. You know, yeah, you know, if if you go it really depends on the mindset, right? Because, Kendra, if you were to take Anna and say, I'm going to lose a lot with Anna because I need to learn Anna, and that's one thing. But if you're trying to climb out, you don't pick a character that you're learning with, right? I mean, that's why I have I have an entirely separate account just for learning characters. Right. Because I know when I play those characters, at least in the beginning, it's not going to work out that great. I was the same way with Anna. Like, my... I think I when I first started practicing Anna, my overall healing like my average healing 
was around 6k right that's you know i think i think it does it per 10 minutes i think that's that's the way the stat tracker works it's like 6k per 10 minutes or whatever now my healing is at 10k per 10 minutes you know um it's up at like it's in the 75th percentile according to like overbuff or something like that you know so there's improvement there so when i play with anna even if i lose a game it's not that big of a deal to me as long as i'm improving so if you're going to learn a character, just go in with the mindset that this is this is going to suck, but it will pay dividends later. You know, when I first started playing Zen, that account was not at 2,500, <laughs> you know. Right. I'm pretty sure that account was 2,700 something uh, when I first started playing with him. And I dropped like 200 SR. And then, you know, I caught on, started getting better, and I was able to climb up, you know. And even that wasn't a complete straight line, you know. Um, so yeah, like if you're going to try to learn a character, which I suggest, like if you're really, really good at one character, that's great and keep that. Maybe that'll be the character that you start off with every game if you can, but you should be able to flex inside of your role. Like, you know, I was playing main tank for a while. I'll play Arissa. I'll play Reinhardt and I was okay with Winston. Now I'm way better with Winston than I was because I practiced with him. I started using him more often, you know, and that you just gotta you gotta take those hits when you learn but you know unless you plan on stopping you know playing overwatch soon you're not on the timer here you know what i'm saying right um so yeah that's that that's the thing i I would i would definitely take the time to to learn new characters and just remember like you're not gonna if you're really if you're really learning a new character you're probably not gonna climb with them you know what i'm saying just just remember that just don't get frustrated with the losses if you learn something that match that matters so right um you got anything else before we move in move on to our community question listen to prepare to attack (laughs) shameless plug yeah listen to prepare to attack it'll help (laughs) i think that's about it uh about all i had you know i could go on about that topic for days and days things that i've seen in gold I've seen some shit, man. <laughs> Sitting there smoking, <laughs> smoking a cigarette, wearing a raincoat, and one of those old sailors hats. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're gonna move into our community question, uh, which is from Seer Prophet from Twitter. He says, "Watch my radio. I have a question. I've heard people say that they're stuck in Elo hell. They blame their team for them not ranking up, etc. I recently watched a video that said it's not exactly true. It's because you're trash at the game." They said if J. Jonak started in bronze, he would be able to still work his way to top 100 because 10 uh, to uh, to top 100 to top 10 because he's just that good and will be able to carry more games. I didn't used to think this way, but now I'm starting to realize the better I am, the more opportunity I would have to carry games and thus rank up. Do you believe this? That's true. I've stopped blaming my team and focus more on doing my job better. I'm constantly working on improving and I face each game with that mindset. I would imagine there are going to be games you lose because of your team, but I think using that as a crush stops your personal growth as a player. Any thoughts? How do you think I should be work uh, working to rank up? I really enjoy this game. So, um, the first thing I want to address is the part we say they blame their team for not ranking up and people say they're stuck in ELO hell. So I, I think everybody here does firmly believe in the concept of ELO hell, right? Like yeah. that, that definitely exists, but you were 100% correct. What you said, there's some people who just blame themselves or they blame their team for everything or they blame the rank they're stuck in for why they can't climb up. Uh, there's lots of people who, 
they do suck, but they just, for whatever reason, think they're better than they are, right? Usually that comes from lack of knowledge, right? The less you know, the more, you know, the, the, the less the you, know, you, the, you know, exactly, the more you think you know, right? <laughs> so that is 100% true. There are tons of people like that, a lot of people like that. However, there are a lot of people who are stuck in EOL. They are stuck in a rank they're, they are really good players, but because of the teammates that they're getting and people not working together and various issues, or maybe there's a bug with a really main character. I don't know, Reinhardt, <laughs> that's they're, <they're> getting <laughs> lucky shatters and stuff like that. Who knows? They're like, you know, just different reasons why they'll lose a game and lose SR versus constantly climbing, right? I mean, they're, I mean, I, 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 wanna, I hate to put them on the spot. Look at not Rob, right? So he, this is, he made it to Diamond this season. This is his first season in Diamond. This is the guy who was one, he was one half of Omnic Lab. He knows how to play this game. <laughs> you know, he knows very well how to play this game. And he, you know, kind of just made it to Diamond this season, you know. So you mean to tell me that this guy was just a plat? That's all he was, was just a plan. There's no way you can convince me that if you listen to Omnic Lab for any length of time. <laughs> you right. know? I mean, we were playing our six stack with Masters players, you know, Masters GM players uh, on the team. And Rob makes some of the best calls on the team, uh, regardless of rank. This is before he ever made it to Diamond, even. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I can't speak to his mechanical skill. It's not, obviously, not bad. Uh, he, he plays at the very least at my mechanical skill level, which I'm not, I'm not terrible. I'm, I'm played at least, you know? Right. No, I mean, I've seen him play like the, the, I don't want to, I don't want to turn to a conversation about not Rob, but, but like, yeah, I've seen him play. And I think he, he should have been diamond long ago. I agree. But that's kind of, kind of, you know, to the point, right? Um, when people say that if you're good, you'll climb, right? And they use Jay Jonak as an example, and that's true. But you know what? He's also a professional Overwatch player. There's he won a difference. MVP of the inaugural Overwatch League right. season. That's kind of a high bar to set. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's not your typical Overwatch player right there. So he has the ability to carry super hard because, you know, if he started in bronze, Genji's in bronze, Doomfist and bronze can't touch him. Silver, gold, platinum, diamond, none of them can touch him. All the counters to Zenyatta would not work against him. He can counter that heart because he is just that good. Right. You and know? another thing too, um, when you take a person like that and compare it to your average everyday Joe, I have a job. <laughs> and kids. <laughs> I have a fucking job and kids and shit outside of Overwatch. I don't have a whole shit ton of time to play and improve and everything else. Um, yeah, I, I firmly believe I would have a hell of a time climbing back from bronze all the way back to at least platinum. Uh, I could probably get through bronze and silver pretty well, but that climb through gold, fuck that shit. Yeah, you know? yeah, <laughs> exactly. And Go ahead. I'm not, I'm, and I'm not, you know, a GM player, you know, you can carry your own way up to a certain rank, you know, a a grandmaster player is going to have a lot easier time getting past plat and diamond and all that than a diamond or platinum player, like a low diamond player is going to have a hell of a lot harder time getting through high gold and plat uh, than a GM would. So that's really apples and oranges. 
And you take a pro and compare that, they have all this time, all these resources, all these things, this, that, and the other, and all this all this huge game knowledge. You take Arnold Schwarzenegger and somebody else that's just not uh, never really lifted weights before and give them the same resources, Arnold knows some shit. You know, he's going to be jacked way before this other guy is given the same equipment, even if he has the same muscular potential, just because he has all this knowledge. extra knowledge. Yep. So you can't really make that comparison. That is what? true. Like, yeah, like, what? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ben. <laughs> I was going to say, just my experience. So, like, I spent many a season in upper to high plat. Never crossed that diamond threshold on PC yet. One, one day. But I took a few seasons off, and now I'm, I'm in gold. I'm back to everyday playing form where I am going off, destroying the other tanks that I'm going up against in gold. Doesn't result in climbing because climbing means winning and the sr system only kind of looks at stats and as depending on your role stats that are really important aren't very measurable game sense is not a measurable stat calling things out or blocking a shatter are not a measurable stat Um, when you play support or tank the 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 unmeasured statistics in the game those are the things that between winning and losing that you really can't put a finger on outside of just playing the game and knowing what to do. Um, so you, you can't carry as hard as you would think with all those things considered because you can carry as hard as you want, but if you get an L at the end of the day, you lost SR. doesn't matter. I've lost plenty of games where I thought I carried, but who cares that you just lost 25 SR. Right. And that's the way the system works, you know? And that's kind of what I wanted to focus on. The reason why the whole if you're good, you'll climb uh, ideal, which is actually what the Overwatch team has said. Oh, if you're good, you'll climb up, you know, which this is why that's not necessarily true. Right. Climbing has a lot. You know, there's more to climbing or sorry, there's more to carrying the game than just your mechanical skill, especially depending on your character. Right. Like certain characters can carry a little bit harder because they get picks. Like Widowmaker, if you're like an excellent Widowmaker and you can get into good positions, you can hit the land those shots. That's a different story than if you're like an excellent Anna or uh, you know, um, you know, an excellent Zen. Well, I was gonna say Zenyatta because even Zenyatta is kind of hard. It's harder to carry a Widow, but like you know, it's either I think it's a little easier to carry with DPS because you're the ones actually getting the picks and you know, doing the killing and stuff like that. But when it comes to carrying, it has more to do with, it has uh, more to do than just mechanical skill, right? Because in order for you to actually carry a team, for, for most people, right? Unless you have outrageous mechanical skill, not only do you have to be able to play your character well, you have to know what other characters or other roles are supposed to be doing and how to do that. You you need to know that. So even if you like um like you know you're a god tear Anna, if you don't know what the Reinhardt is supposed to be doing or how he's supposed to be performing and how he's supposed to achieve those goals, you're just used to other Reinhardts doing it. You may not necessarily be able to help out all that much. Like yeah, you can keep him alive as much as possible, but if a team dials in on your Reinhardt, like you're not you're not gonna save him, <laughs> you know. Um so you have to have a, a, a really, really good knowledge of the game. 
You have to have a, a good knowledge of individual characters. And then on top of that, you have to be able to relay that stuff to other people, especially in o- lower elos, right? You know, because if somebody's getting picked off by an enemy Widowmaker, right? And your response to them getting picked off by an enemy Widowmaker is just don't get in line aside of the enemy Widowmaker. There's a that may seem like a base, like a like a like a, a definitive statement. There's a whole bunch of shit around that statement. Like, well, how am I supposed to stay out of line of sight of the enemy Widowmaker when the control point is in her line of sight? Or when the path that we have to go is in her line of sight? I can't avoid the enemy Widowmaker, so how am I supposed to do that? If you want to call like I've actually had to explain that to people as we're playing the game and moving in different directions, like, okay, well, instead of doing this, you do this. Instead, uh, you go around this way instead of this way. When you actually start the fight, stay here instead of going over here. Don't let them draw you this way, you know, stuff like that. Like you have to be able to explain these things to other, to, to people as you're playing the game. Cause if you can't explain it to them and you just say something based, like, you know, uh, you know, don't, you know, get out of line of sight of the enemy Widowmaker or, you know, kill this person, kill that person, dive here, dive there. Like, if you're not explaining what needs to happen, you may, like, and I'm talking about specifically in lower elos right now, right? The higher elo you go, the better off you're going to be because people will more understand what you're saying. But in the lower elos, they, they're in a lower elo for a reason. <laughs> you know, they're there <laughs> right. for a reason. And they may just not understand what you want what what you want them to do? So My you have to be criticism to... is die less. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sounds very simple, but like, <laughs> how does one go about dying less if you don't know what is actually killing you at the end of the day? Exactly. You know, you right. gotta you, help, know. you gotta help people lead lead them to the lead them to the water. Right. Yeah, exactly. You have to be able to identify threats. Not so people have perceived threats, right? Like uh if they are coming face to face with a pharaoh and the pharaoh is kicking their ass, oh well, that pharaoh's the big problem. The pharaoh's the problem. Pharaoh's gotta go. Sometimes it's actually not the pharaoh that's the issue. Maybe it's somebody enabling the pharaoh. Uh, you know, that that is the person that you really have to take care of. Like everybody they're focused on who it's killing them, but may not see the big picture as the team. You have to be able to identify threats, right? You have to have, right. you know, really good game sense. So, you know, like I said, there's just there's just way more to it. There's more to just being good at your character. You have to be good at your character. Understand other characters. Understand how they play. Have good game sense. Be able to identify threats and then be able to communicate that to your team. Right. And don't try to force a character that's not going to work in the situation to work. Like we had, we were three seconds into a game on, uh, uh, hell what's uh, Hollywood. We were Boston. three seconds into okay. Hollywood. Uh, as soon as we came out of the gate, we were running uh junk rat Reaper. First thing we see, Pharaoh rockets coming towards us, turned my ass right back around. Didn't even bother <laughs> going with the team and switched to Ash. Don't bother, you know, trying to force that junk rat in. You know, don't try to get your first ult or anything. Turn right around and get it. Um, and I think we ended up winning that one, actually, didn't we? I can't remember. I think we blur. did. I know, I know that was the games. one that had that sick-ass three headshot. Should have been play of the game. that didn't get play of the game. Right. <laughs> I was mad about that. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it was when I nano-boosted the Torb instead. <laughs> That's what got the play of the game. I, do <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had a Torb play last night, too. <laughs> uh, 
Well, I had a game with Kinder the other night. I'm pretty sure it was with Kinder. It was on Temple of Anubis, and we rolled the first point, no problem. And we get the second point with like six and a half minutes on the clock. And a guy on our team is Widow, and it just isn't working. And so about four and a half minutes left, I think Kinder and I both were like, hey, maybe let's switch off Widow, have something a little more impactful in the in the brawl. And he goes, I almost have ultimate. One, who cares? It's Widow's ultimate. Um, he never ended up switching off because every time we would bring it up again, oh, I almost have ultimate again. Your ultimate is not as important as countering what the other team is doing, um, especially as weak of an ultimate as, you know, infrared. But, you know, you run into that a lot in the lower elos. A lot. Every time you say switch, people will say, oh, I almost have my ult. Who cares? I've switched off of characters with the ult. It's not that big of a deal because just going to lose another team fight just to use your ult, at the end of the day, you still lost the team fight. You're wasting time. You're honestly throwing at that point. I mean, and it's and it's hard to admit it, but th- that at the end of the day, that's what you're doing. Overwatch in the state it's in is a very rock paper scissor game. You see A, you need to counter with B, and if you don't, you're left with C, which is usually an L, which is a lot of letters for people. <laughs> that's usually the end result. You know, you have to work with what other te- other teams are doing. So if you see a Farah and you have no hit scan, like Kinder said, turn your ass back around. Go pick someone who can pluck her out of the sky. Right, yeah. That's what I said. It's just, it's, I'm not saying use this as a crutch, you know, because you, know, you can say, well, you, you, you can still blame that on your teammates. That's kind of true. You can still blame on your teammates, which is why, you know, the, 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 the mentality that you have, uh, see your profit, of uh, focusing on yourself and how to do your job better, that is, that's how you climb. You know, that is how you climb. Like, you you know, it'll help you out because one, you'll just learn your character, the characters that you play the best you can. But also a part of that, those a part some of the skills that you may need to pick up on are, are better communication skills, uh, better skills at identifying, you know, threats or positioning, depending on how you play. Right. So um, perfect example is Anna. Actually, Anna and Zenyatta. You can be great mechanically with those characters, right? You can be super, right? You can, you can have the right crosshairs that helps you get the shots with Zenyatta at a long distance, or you can be hitting all your shots with Anna, and you can be mechanically great. But one of the biggest problems I see with people who are mechanically great at Zen and Anna is they have terrible positioning. You know, they got, they got, just get they have bad positioning. Like you know, they're staying back when there's flankers, right? There's like a Doomfist, or there's a Genji, or a Tracer, and they're too far away from the team, or they're too close to the team when there's a brawl going on. You know, stuff like that, or they don't know how to use corners properly to keep their teammates up while also keeping themselves alive, so they don't get shot by the Hanzo who has inc- huge arrows. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Um, so. You know, it's not just being mechanically good and, and focusing more on yourself on and what you did and what you could have did better will help you with those items versus, you know, let's just imagine you're playing Anna for a second. You're playing Anna and you keep dying and you're just you're just blaming it on your tanks, right? You're blaming it on your Reinhardt because he put a shield down at this time or your tanks aren't protecting you or they aren't getting the flankers off of you. When if you would pay more attention, if, you, if you're really paying attention to how you play, like, Okay, maybe I should I should just stay, you know, behind this wall a bit more. Maybe stay closer to the payload or when this happens, get close to Reinhardt. When this happens, move away from Reinhardt, you know, stuff like that. That's the way to go. 
And like I said, you know, you want to pick up some of those, uh, you know, secondary skills like communication and being able, you know, being able to relay, you know, certain information to your teammates to help them out. And I'm still not saying it's easy. Uh, You have a lot of people who they don't listen. They just won't listen. And if you did everything you could, you know, you, you, you did everything you could. But for the most part, if you can just you know get that information out there relay to it quickly i find that a lot of people do listen to be honest like a lot of people right. do listen as Even long as subconsciously not, they'll do it <laughs> right right like what i see right now especially is there's a lot of people not talking on team comms but they're in team comms i'm seeing that a lot which is still a good thing because they can hear what you're saying and you know if you're not ending a sentence with asshole you're way more likely to get somebody <laughs> to do something like, or, or if you're not yelling at him, like, you know, like tell him, Reinhardt, you got to move up, move, move, move or something like that. Like, that's not how you get Reinhardt. Like, yo, Ryan, you got to get aggressive, man. You got to hit that W key. Like <laughs> you got to get up there, <laughs> you know, and that was or, something um, I was going to say earlier too, uh, is I would like to see how much more difficult a time, uh, a GM or high level player would have doing a bronze GM climb without comms, no comms allowed or without at least without their own mic allowed uh, than they would how they would normally climb making those shot calls and things like that. Cause I, I can guarantee you that high level players like that, calling out strategies, calling out things to do, uh, making those really tight, good, um, good plays. Those good play calls makes a hell of a lot more difference than, you know, a just godly Zenyatta hanging out on the field in plat. Right. Know? It doesn't matter how good your Zen is. If he doesn't call for your, you know, if you can't call for your team to kind of, hey, Ryan, just give me a shield. Mercy, you pocket me. I'm just going to carry the shit out of this game. If you can't tell him to do that, then you're just a Zen. You know, you're you're liable to get shot down by a far or, or a half-decent Winamaker or something like that. You can't just go in and mechanical yourself to victory all the time. And I think without comms, they'd have a hell of a lot harder time doing that. And Overwatch is one of the one of the rare games out there where it's a lot more difficult than it seems at first glance. It's one of the hardest games I've ever played when you really dive into everything that's going on other than mechanical skill. Mechanical skill, in my opinion, is the lowest thing on the totem pole when it comes to what will help you climb. Um, and, uh, you know, th- there's again, there's just so much that goes into it. You know, th- if you're a healer. Tanks are dying too much because they're taking too much damage. You can blame them. If you're a DPS, those tanks didn't create space for you to get kills. You can blame them. If you're a tank, the soldier and reaper are standing in front of your shield and they're dying. So, like, there's always a finger to point. But, you know, that's one of the reasons why you can't just climb based on your performance. You've got to do a lot of self-evaluation for sure and figure out how you need to improve. But you can only do so much depending on what your team is doing as well, you know? Right. Yeah. In my personal experience, the best way to climb is to lead your team. You know, like sometimes you'll get a break and somebody else will take the lead or, you know, call shots. But then again, if they're calling bad shots, you got to work together on that. Like, that wasn't the right call. Like, we, we, we should have did this. Or when you do that, we need to switch something up here. Something's got to change. Um, you know, like, oh, uh, you know, you were talking about earlier, it's calling for, or, you know, for people to come back or get off the point or, you know, something like that. More specifically in that was lower elos to stop poking. Like, stop poking. Don't poke. <laughs> you know, don't right. poke. Don't get killed. Um, stuff like that. That that. But I it, almost have my ult. 
Yeah. <laughs> in, in my experience, the best way to climb is to, is to lead. I mean, even now, right? When, so I got my practice, my practice account was up to like almost 2,900, which is way too high for that account. Um, I kind of feel bad when I switch off to a character that I'm not that great at because I probably play that character at a gold level, maybe a low plat, and I'm up in like a high plat getting trashed, and my teammates <laughs> are, and my teammates are, uh, you know, losing because of it. Um, but it was because I found myself playing a lot of games with like listeners or you know friends, and I'm kind of like coaching and teaching and we're winning games and we're moving up and my account's moving up <laughs> at the same time. So it's still kind of, you know, that does work. And you just, you also got to try to reduce the salt. Like don't get salty if you can, you know, you right. don't get paid by this, you know, you know, this is, this, this is just a game that you enjoy playing. Right. And I think your top priority is to make sure that you're still having a good time playing the game. Now, I don't want to, people to confuse that with me saying that your top priority should be fun in the game uh, because in competitive, it's not. At least if the game <laughs> still feels fulfilling to, fulfill, uh, fulfilling to you, I think it's worth it, you know, because not everything that's fulfilling is fun. And uh, that's, that's a deep conversation that I don't think I want to get into on this show. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's not this episode. Shit. Yeah, but no, see, I think you're on the right path, man. I think you're on the right path uh, to climbing... I do think it's a little harder. If I remember correctly, you play on console. And from my experience on console, it is a bit harder uh, with the commu- with the uh, with the communications. Uh, but, you know, additionally, you, you, I think I'm pretty sure I saw you in Discord. So that's a good step to try to hook up with the PS4 guys and you guys get together and try to, you know, get some uh, competitive games in together. You don't want to play competitive with me because I will pull your SR down like an anchor on console right now. I'm just absolute <laughs> trash. Uh, with the, except with Symmetra, I blew through. I blew shit up with Symmetra on console right now. I don't know I can why attest that, to that is on uh, Xbox two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so on that on Xbox two years ago, I wasn't like that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't too bad, too bad two years ago, but now I'm 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 just straight trash. So but no, I think you're on I think you're on the right path. Uh, I just when you know they say, you know, if you're good you'll climb or uh you know if you if you're not moving up, you just suck at the game. I don't think that's something that you should have in your head or anybody should have in their head because that's not necessarily true. So there's a lot of things that go into climbing up the SR system. And the most effective way I've seen to do it is not to obviously not to cheat or anything like that or not to exploit something like some people exploit new characters when they come out. The most sustainable way is just to lead your way up there. But leading a team to victory. Hey, you you got to have a lot of game knowledge, lots of game knowledge, and that's hard for char- for people who don't play certain characters, you know, or don't play all the characters. So, expand here, expanding your hero pool, even if you're not going to play those characters. I'm not saying you have to play each of those characters at a really high level or anything like that, but at least have an understanding of those characters and how they work and what they're supposed to do. You know, like right. I saw somebody, I saw two teammates playing dive the other day and whenever the Winston would jump and the diva was just kind of hanging back, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, you got to get in there. You got to help the Winston out, you know? So, you know, stuff like that. Like, and for those who don't know, if you're playing dive 
and get diva you jump where the winston jumps and you matrix him so he doesn't get killed like you just dive <laughs> on the point right that's quick that's facts i'll die <laughs> right j- on the j- point yeah so but yeah like climbing the ga- climbing sr i guess if i'm gonna wrap this up is about game knowledge and being able to implement that game knowledge having the game knowledge being able to implement it in your own play and being able to communicate it to your own teammates that sound good yeah, that's about right i'd say there's probably about a 500 sr range where you can be at any given time no matter what your skill level is there's a there's a range where you can drop or pull up to at any given fucking time case in point me <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh yeah i think we're gonna go ahead and start closing up on that one uh let's see what we got this month or this week i think we do have an xbox game night this friday it is the first friday of the month i am going to try to join it i have to replace one of my televisions with the tv that i had my consoles and stuff hooked up to so i don't know if i'm gonna have it by friday or not i'm trying to get one in the next few days but we'll see uh so i'll try to make that and I haven't heard about a new PS4 game night, but I'm sure they'll run one this month. I'll, you know, announce it on the show once we have a date and time. I was going to say maybe I could join it, but uh, that's Smash Day, so not happening. <laughs> <laughs> Kendra's ready to smash. Yeah. Let me smash. So, what that skinny yeah. penis is. <laughs> just to clarify, he's talking about Smash Brothers, so just, just putting that out there. Um. Yes, and nothing else. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So last week I said I was going to reach out to the guys for the community episode. I have not had a chance to do that yet uh, because, yeah, I've been busy moving and stuff like that. But now that I'm set on it, I'll I'll reach out to you guys. We'll put a schedule together and we'll start recording those episodes. And uh, once again, been seeing more people coming to Discord. Really glad to have you guys there. You know, people, please keep coming into Discords. Like I said, especially if you're a low rank. If you're a lower rank player, like in bronze or silver, there's other people in bronze and silver trying to get groups, trying to, you know, put teams together and trying to rank up. So, you know, please definitely, um, you know, join the Discord. We'd love to have you guys there. And, um, yeah, I think that, I think that's it for announcements. Um, we talked about prepare to attack. Actually, this whole episode was a great reason to listen to prepare to attack. Um, you can listen to prepare to attack and I'll help you out with uh, the different characters in overwatch, whether you're just trying to, you know, get better at them or maybe even just trying to learn them so you can help others with them. So definitely check out prepare to attack. Uh, like I said, this week we didn't live stream. We normally live stream every Tuesday at 9 PM Eastern on twitch.tv slash smash those buttons. And we're looking to start that back up on December 11th. And, um, well, I always say it every week. We want to hear about your Overwatch stories, so please send them to us. We're going to get into our contact info a little bit later. So, whether you have a funny story, bad story, or you just want to talk about something that happened in Overwatch, go ahead and send it over to us. We do have a PS4 club and an Xbox, a PS4 community and an Xbox One club. They're both called Watchpoint Radio Overwatch. And, you know, if you want to be involved in the game nights, that's a great way to, you know, keep up with the groups there or just hook up with other players you can also come into the discord like i mentioned earlier discord.me slash mash those buttons we'd love to have you there and i'm trying to work on some new ways to you know help people form teams i'm thinking so I, I, something i've been thinking about is maybe working on like doing like a scheduled like six stack night like not like necessarily a game night but a scheduled night where 
you know, we say, okay, we're going to hop into Discord and we'll start breaking people into six stacks, you know, or at least, you know, groups to play with and see how that goes. Because what I see in the Discord a lot is like, you know, one person will be on one time or a group will be on another time. And maybe if we could say, okay, like 8 p.m. tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern, you know, we're all, we'll be hanging out and we're going to try to get some groups together, you know. So, and it could be for either quick play or maybe for competitive. Like if you want to check the team out, see how, you know, how, how you, well you guys synergize or whatever, play a couple quick play games and warm up. That's cool too. So I'm going to see if I can get that worked out. And I always like talking about Heroes of Overwatch is a Facebook group. If you're on Facebook, I highly suggest you join it. If you want to keep up with Overwatch news or just the latest memes or find other people to play with, like it's a great group of people to be with. And I'd like to thank everybody for listening. You can follow us on Twitter, which is twitter.com slash watchpoint radio. You guys want to give your social media info? You can find me on Twitter at Nerfkinder, please. That's PLS. And you can find me on YouTube by the same name, N E R F K I N D E R P L S. Uh, I just released a second meme video. Uh, everybody seems to like it so far. So go ahead and check it out and slam that motherfucking subscribe button, big boy. Um, seriously, so go check out Kinder's new YouTube video. It's It's hilarious. Um, and this is the dude abides. You can catch me on Twitter at the dude abides underscore B. Um, I'm in the discord. Shoot me a message. You want to play some games? I'm always up to mess around with some overwatch. And you can find me on Twitter at church of Ja. You can also find me streaming here soon, I guess soonish again, uh, on Twitch TV slash mash those buttons. And, um, I encourage you guys to contact the show with your comments and questions. You can email us at WPR at matchesbuttons.com. We can reach out on Twitter. We can reach out on Discord like Mr. Green Skittles did. So, uh, yeah, we definitely want to hear from you guys. Uh, we love hearing from you guys and getting your feedback and you know all that stuff. And if you enjoy the show and you want to help us out, the best way you can do that is to share the show with others and also to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast platform of choice. If you want to take your support a bit further, you can become a Patreon or a patron at patreon.com slash watchpoint radio. You can, uh, you know, support us on our Teespring store, which is teespring.com slash match those buttons. And you can also become a subscriber on Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash match those buttons. And I encourage you guys to stay tuned after the show to hear about our other shows. And with that, we are done for this episode. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll catch you guys next week on the live stream. Thank you for choosing a Mash Those Buttons podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to subscribe to one of our shows, you can find us on multiple podcast platforms across iOS and Android. Just search for the show on a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts and hit subscribe. If you can't find us on your favorite podcast platform of choice, just go right to the MashThoseButtons.com website, grab the RSS feed, and put it into your podcatcher of choice. If you want to check out some other podcasts you may enjoy, you should check out mashosbuttons.com slash shows. For World of Warcraft fans, we have two podcasts, WoW Talk, which is our news and community podcast, and The Torn and the Goblin, which is our lore and story podcast. If you enjoy Overwatch, make sure to check out Watchpoint Radio to keep up with the latest on Overwatch and its community. If you enjoy fighting games, make sure you check out Double Tap for the latest in the FGC. 
If you're a fan of the division or looking forward to the division two, make sure you check out Sit Rep Radio. If you want to keep up with the latest that mash those buttons, you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash MTB site, facebook.com slash mash those buttons, and youtube.com slash mash those buttons. We'd also like to have you join our Discord community. So just go to discord.me slash mash those buttons and join us for a chat. Once again, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.